Welcome to GleeCast, the somewhat occasionally weekly home of Glee and casting. Here are your hosts, Emily and Erica. Erica! Emily! What's happening? Uh, Whitney oh, Houston. Oh, I know what's happening. <laughs> All right, I was, was going to say we're recording GleeCast, but yes, Whitney Houston is also <laughs> happening. We're not just answering um, the I phone. Have a- uh, no, not surprisingly. Uh, I have a gripe already that I just have to say. Okay. Uh, now Glee aired on Tuesday. Today is Thursday. Um, and you don't want to know how many times in my head I've been singing I want to dance with somebody. Oh, see, right now I have... Um, wait, I can't... Th- uh, how will I know if it's stuck in my head? But then... My I thing is... Oh. This is the first time, I think... In, I think all season that I actually downloaded the music. And wow, interesting. Yeah. See, my my thing with I Want to Dance with Somebody is just it's it's on that list of like 10 songs or so that just whenever I hear them, they get stuck in my head. I think We're Alone Now is another one. Um, and just no matter what, if I hear it, so it's humming it, if they, you know, it's playing in an elevator, I means I'm going to be singing it for the next two weeks. So I'm kind of pissed at the episode already. But that's besides the point. We're here to talk about Glee. Yes, we are. Episode 17. Um, before Apt. we do that. Aptly called Dance with Somebody. Go ahead. Yes, I assumed it would be called Whitney. I was actually surprised it wasn't because usually they try to go very simple by telling us the name of the artist they're going to be covering. True. They did not in this case. Um, before we get to the episode, uh, do we? we ha- I, there's one other thing I want to discuss. Did you have anything else? Um, oh, I, I would like, this is super dorky. I'd like to say hi to new listener, Brianne. She sent us feedback. This what, what? She's, uh, she's actually one of my boyfriend's good friends for a long time now. So I just want to say hi to her. Hi, Brianne. She, uh, hi, Brianne. after the last episode, she texted me and she was like, I listened to your podcast and I was talking back to you guys the whole time. And I was like, well, <laughs> send in feedback. You can talk to yeah. <laughs> I said, send him feedback. And she said, all right, I didn't take notes for this episode, but next episode I will. So she did this time. Yay. She did. Yay. Way to follow through, Brianne. Woohoo. That's exciting. Um, should we start doing a, a Gleek of the Week the way Fox does? <laughs> Brianne is our Gleek of the Week. <laughs> what do you think you have to do to be a Gleek of the Week? I think you, do just, you have to just. I think you just tweet them. Okay. That's, that's I think, disappointing. Yeah, I know. It's anticlimactic. <laughs> like. Yeah, I don't know. It involve a moat and a um, mechanical bull or something. <laughs> My standards are higher than Fox, apparently. Clearly. That's what this comes to. Much higher. Uh, yeah. There was um one... Speaking of, uh, the hashtag... Because I'm guessing it's like you basically you tweet with enough hashtags and, and Glee pick you. Um, now, this came up like a year ago when Glee started putting the Glee hashtag on the bottom screen. Um, I didn't notice it. I still don't really because it just is kind of part of the logo to me. Mm-hmm. But this week's was a little bit, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Conspicuous? Did you notice it in the first scene? Um, in the first scene, no. I noticed it during something else. But it's it, just it was, Glee for the rest of the episode, I think. They change it depending on what's going on. Yeah. Well, on During the-, the first song, it was... Uh, hashtag Glee, capital R, remembers capital W, Whitney. It was remembers Whitney, which is a really long hashtag and takes up like half of the bottom of the screen. It does. Yeah. Didn't like that. Um, there was a weird, wait, what the hell? What was the weird one? 
I forget what the hell, I don't know, but I was watching it with Mike and Lauren, and Mike was like, what the hell is blah, blah, blah? And I was like, oh, it's a hashtag for Twitter to get it trending. But it was something super weird. I can't remember what it was. It also might have been during New Girl, so I'm not even positive it was Glee-centric, but I think it was. Anyway. Okay. Let's move forward. All right, the only other thing we have to mention, because this week's was particularly um, mentionable, Smash. Smash. Oh, Smash. (laughs) Um, if, If nothing else, Smash is making Glee look really good. Yeah, it certainly is, especially this week. Oh, my God. Okay, so this week on Smash, we had um, more Uma Thurman being the stereotypical flaky actress. Mm-hmm. Um, like the kind who, you know, demands mineral water and drinks kale, spinach, coconut milkshakes. Because that's what all Hollywood actresses do. Clearly. Uh, but clearly the best part. Well, no, there were two great. Well, here's. Well, I'm getting ahead of myself. There was a really great moment in Smash. The, um the final song was so good. The one that Ivy sang. Um, I don't, you know what? I don't even remember at this point. Okay. I thought the song, it was this one that like she stole from Karen, but I don't care because Ivy sang the fuck out okay. of it. So it was great. Yeah. She did um, sing it but very I, well. was just, Yeah, it was gorgeous. It was wonderful and nice. And Oh, Smash, you have the possibility to be this kind of show. Um, instead, we had Leo acting again <laughs> oh boy. which is always great uh and totally next week he's on he's in it again because the preview shows him standing there with his mouth open um <laughs> and we had a bollywood number we did um a bollywood number about a thousand one like arabian nights which uh seems a little racist to me <laughs> to have to be like celebrating indian culture and bollywood but to make your song as if it's arabian nights which are two very different places See, I didn't, I don't know if I just wasn't listening, if I was just distracted by all the colors, but I wasn't. Your mouth was just hanging open watching it. I just, I don't know, I didn't catch that part. Okay. I don't know, I found it inappropriate, but um, hilarious at the same time. Yes. Oh, God, Smash. Smash, keep being what you are. Just please. Yeah. I'm almost disappointed because it's getting a new showrunner next season who can't be worse than to to Rebek. And I don't want the show to get good now because part of me kind of likes the train wreck quality of it. <laughs> but that's me. Yeah. Uh, do we have anything else or should we move on? No, I think we can move on. Okay. Um, so this episode, Dance with Somebody, written by Ross Maxwell, who has been um, a staff writer this season. And his the only other episode I think he wrote was Hold On to 16. Which is that was the sectionals episode? Yeah, not a particularly good episode. Yeah, I mean that was one that had good, good um, musical performances, if memory serves. And but I think was yeah, it was just not a great episode. However, this episode is directed by Paris Barclay, uh, the guy who directed Wheels, and I think the season finale of the first season, and a couple of the other like hallmark Glee episodes to me. Uh, he directed one episode this season. I forgot to look up which one, but I remember not liking it and being really disappointed. Because um, he's one of those director names now when it comes up on Glee, like Eric Stoltz. I like, get really oh, excited. Cause yeah. I, yeah. It's like, oh, wow, somebody who knows what they're doing is going to handle Glee this week. Um, and he also does a lot of work on Sons of Energy. Um, so, I mean, I was excited for the Paris Barclay uh, note there. Um, didn't know much about the Ross Maxwell note. But now we'll uh, move on to the Glee cap. With Let's- 42 days 
I said, let's go. <laughs> okay, you, I'm going. <laughs> if you can't tell, because we're talking over each other, we're back on Skype this week. <laughs> yeah, sorry, world. We just, uh, but we are doing this. We're, it's odd. We're doing a very early recording and we have like the most feedback we've ever had almost. Yeah. Because you know why? Because, uh, spoiler alert for my review of the episode, it was the best episode so far this season. It was like the uh, only good episode this season. Well, I would, spoiler alert, um, almost agree. I do think the um, deflowering episode and the West Side Story audition episode, to me, were still, I, I don't know, it, I would have to really like eventually watch all of them again. Um, but to me, I really like the deflowering episode and the audition episode with the, I forget, was it called audition? I think so. Oh, no. See, yeah, I was... The, um, oh, Effie, Effie White, the one where she sang from Dreamgirls. Yes, I, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. I understand. That one I think was probably my... Yeah. Um, but this, yeah, no, we'll, I'll spoiler alert too. Um, like this episode way more than I expected to, which yes. I think is also a sentiment. A lot of us far, are. far more than I ever right. expected to. Oh yeah. Yeah. Good. Well, because I think for all of us, we were like, Oh fuck, they're doing a Whitney Houston tribute episode. That makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea of it didn't make sense, but they finally they fixed it. Yeah, they did it right. They didn't make it about, um, the musical guest star, essentially the dead guest star, if you know what I mean. Um, they made it about the characters and they worked it in that way. And it made such a difference. Um, and that's, again, we're, we're, but that's another thing that I thought was really interesting. And I know, because I know Wayne reads the AV clubs recaps and I do, I don't know if any of our other listeners do. It's interesting to read because I, the, the writer of that, and I always forget the name of the writer. Um, I don't, the writer doesn't really like Glee, but still, you know, gives it a chance, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and last episode, the writer gave it like an A minus, I think. And and this week, I'm watching this episode, I'm like, and I, I, you know, I liked it also. And I was very much expecting to look at the letter grade of this recap and see like a high grade. And he gave it like a C. Really? And it just, well, yeah, because I think what, what I realized about this episode of Glee is I think if you're a fan of the show in the way that you're a fan of the, that you care about the characters, this was a great episode. Mm-hmm. If you watch Glee for the music and for the kind of funny lines and kind of more as this kind of odd thing, it other than I think one or two musical numbers, it didn't do anything to a non for a non fan. I think I would think because it was all about the characters, and if you don't know or care about the characters, why would you care about this episode? I think. Yeah, that's my theory. Okay. Do you want to, right. I mean, we started talking about it because we have Skype issues to deal with talking over each other, but you want to <laughs> go back to the yeah. Glee cap? Sure. With 42 days left in the school year, we'll notice this as students are still mourning the death of Whitney Houston. Although, due to Emma's sleuthing, realizes that might just be code for a fear of ending high school. Or maybe Will just really needs to get friends his own age instead of rearranging his wedding around the schedules of 18-year-olds. There's more trouble in paradise when Kurt begins flirt texting with an annoying fellow theater geek because he feels a distance with Blaine, who's been, who's been far away because in a few months he'll, you know, be far away from Neotabound Kurt. In far less interesting news, Joe starts falling for Quinn, but freaks out about have, about being Christian because Christians aren't supposed to have erections. The helpful Christian ex-stripper, assure, Sam, assures him that's not the case and everybody sings happy songs. Rachel and Santana became friends, Emma learned about wasabi wedding trends, and high school is indeed coming to an end on... Clean. Clean. Wow, that was a bad one. 
<laughs> yeah, you were like three minutes after me. <laughs> I don't know why. Wait, no. Well, because I was waiting to like hear you start it, then I was going to join in. Oh, I get we've we've a Skype delay. We'll blame everything on Skype today. Let's just blame everything. All right. Um, All right. So who you want to start with? Really, the weird thing that I realized as I was putting together the recap is that very little happened technically. But it feels like so way. much happened. Yeah, because it was what really happens in life. You have these emotional conversations and it's not, you know, you have a really important conversation with your boyfriend. You don't break up, but you have a fight and, you know, you things change, but not in the way that the past episodes have been where it's, yeah, things change. Uh, Quinn is trying to get her baby back and Shelby is sleeping with Puck and like those kind of plots. Like, no, right. a lot happened emotionally in this episode, I think. Yeah. But plot wise, very little happened. Which yeah, is we didn't. Fine. Absolutely fine. Overly advance anything, but I felt mm-hmm. satisfied by the episode. Yeah, exactly. In fact, there was um, I like I know I've said it before. I my my boyfriend Mike and I watched the show with our two friends Mike and Lauren, and um, obviously the three three of us are forcing Lauren's husband Mike to watch the show with us because <laughs> there was a brief period of time towards the end of season one, beginning of season two, where he would actually mm-hmm. watch it. But now he's back to the point where he plays games on his cell phone while it's on and doesn't really pay attention. Um, and there were, so we're all sitting there and we like laughed at something and Lauren like smacks him and she's like, why aren't you watching? And he's like, I'm playing my game. And Mike and I both lean forward and we both have our arms spread wide and we're like, you're missing like the best episode this season. <laughs> like He's like, it's not good anymore. We're like, yeah, but this is actually a good no, episode. No, it's good in there. Like, this is a good start. Of all the episodes to watch, this is the one you should be watching. Like. It was just really, it was really funny, and it was just satisfying that we all felt the same way, because for weeks, we keep watching it, and we're like, oh my god, like, this is so bad, like, why are we still watching this? But this week was, it was... Yeah, it was nice to just... To just, like, enjoy an episode. Yeah, like, it was, that was the thing, was I was, it, I'm, I'm defensive now when I watch it. I watch it in a way where I'm just looking to see, like, okay, what am I gonna be angry about this week <laughs> and I wasn't this week I wasn't like there this was not a perfect episode no. there were a few things here and there um I mean one storyline that, that I don't know if you'll agree with me on but one storyline I think is just nobody cares about um you know a couple of lines here and there one uh very interesting uh uh what's the word mistake that I'll get to but it was just good because everybody was talking like a person and I think this might be because this rumblings have been said about this. Uh, notice how little Finn we had this episode. Oh yes, thank God. We had Finn react to things, and even then, he kind of sucked at it. And that was it, because this, like, the conversation that Blaine and Kurt had, their one big scene together, which was so good, so good, just made me hate the Rachel Finn's storyline so much more yep because you compare those two relationships and they don't compare this is a more interesting relationship these are better actors these are more interesting people and it's it's almost like that's the only thing that will make me angry about this episode is it made me realize what we're missing elsewhere Mm -hmm. (sighs) all right so let's let's get into it um all right let's break it down um where you want to start with i don't know let's just go in order because i can't see the whole thing on my screen at once 
Okay. <laughs> um, so I just had kind of a Whitney thing there as being, you know, like every episode, there's a theme that's tying everything. Uh, and so we have Emma points out to Will that, you know, just like 1997 when Princess Diana died and Emma just couldn't stop crying, that this is not about Whitney Houston. Whitney Houston represents something to these kids. Yes. Uh, I I thought that worked really well, surprisingly. And I, it was it's funny because I think they didn't do that right with Michael Jackson. But they, somehow they did it with Whitney. And I don't know if it was just they had time to think about it or what. But, I mean, I don't see Whitney Houston as any kind of touchstone for me personally. Um, and I'm trying to think of, like, an appropriate comparison to make to when, like, to our generation. Like, Kurt, when Kurt Cobain died, that was... I think I, we were both probably a little young for that. Yeah, I was too But that. that was a huge thing. Yeah, I, that was like 94. It was 94. It was definitely 94. Okay. It, it, it was a big thing to me in high school when I discovered, I mean, in college when I discovered Nirvana, <laughs> then I got really sad about it um, 10 years <laughs> later. But it, I, but it didn't. I you was, were vintage. I was 11. It didn't affect me at the time. Yeah. Um, I don't know. And like, yeah, I don't know and, what I was thinking. Princess Di didn't affect me either. I was trying to think of... I was like 14 when that happened. So that didn't... Yeah, I was 15. I remember when it... Princess Di thing, though, is funny, I think. Because I remember when... I actually distinctly remember where I was when it happened. I do, too. Because I was at my grandmother's house. And my grandmother was so upset and was crying and just would go on. And I didn't get it. I'm like, Grandma, I, I don't understand. Like, yeah, it's a tragedy. But you don't know this woman. She did nothing for you. Like, what? what's the deal? And I understand it now, I think, just in the way of, you know, I didn't, if I was a little girl watching the the Die and Charles wedding in 1981 yeah. and kind of just grew up with her as a symbol of something, I guess is what it meant, you know. Um, I, but um, I didn't have that. I can't think of anything we had that with. I was actually pissed off about Princess Die because it happened on a Saturday and InSync was on Saturday Night Live that night and it it took over the entire station and I never got to see InSync on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. It was Aww. very upsetting. Yeah, I can see how that would ruin your life. <laughs> At 14, it was a big deal. No, I, I don't know. Uh, so, yeah, so I, I can't think of a good analogy to our time, to our no, generation. I don't but... have one. I've never gotten oh. like really upset over a celebrity dying like i just i don't know i was really sad when phil hartman died but yeah yeah. but you're like a huge simpsons fan like i've never had like a big deal i don't know yeah but it but it worked they worked it into the story well yeah um and it kind of became this what i think was interesting too was the kids never acknowledged Will's theory. They never, Will was basically trying to say to them, oh, you don't miss Whitney. You miss, you're going to miss high school. And they're like, no, Will, we like Whitney, blah, blah, blah. And they never had that moment where they had to concede that, yes, Whitney represented their high school years. They showed it. They show towards the end of the episode, like Mercedes cleaning out her locker. And it was like a weird moment of Glee being kind of and not having them have to stand there and say exactly what the symbolism meant, which I appreciate. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah, I think that's all we can say about that. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, there was uh, also sort of the fringes of that was we had a couple of goodbyes, kind of. You have Santana and Rachel sort of reaching this moment yeah, of friendship goodbye. and saying, oh, yeah. um, Puck saying goodbye to everybody. 
in a really great that way. That was adorable. Um, I'm going to ask to pause for one second so I could op- go open the door. Um, and then we'll come back and talk okay. about Puck. Hold on. We will. I have no idea what we were talking about. We were talking about Puck's goodbye. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> to the rescue. I, I retained that knowledge while I did 15 other things besides open the front door. I apologize. The goodbye was great. Yes, the goodbye was was very good. It was just really cute. Um, he, he gave them all shot glasses from different and houses. The, and the shot glasses were great, too, because I know what was Mike's was like dinosaurs on ice. Yes. <laughs> and Which then I guess um, I'm supposed to be because Mike is the dancer. I guess the other what and was the other one? It was like Blaine was drink till she's cute. Yes. It's great because he's gay. It was awesome. Um, it made me want like a spinoff of like Puck hanging out with dudes. Yeah, just him in California cleaning pools with other guys. Yeah, and like sort of sort of like New Girl, but like with Puck and like a bunch of dudes. Yeah, I like it. Like I, I think that could totally work as a half hour sitcom. Definitely. Um, and he had the great line, which I could have put in my high notes, but for whatever reason, because I thought this was going to be a bigger plot point, so I had it here. Um, you've forgiven me for being with your women. <laughs> just the delivery and reactions of that was so great. So yeah, so like a really good little scene, um, and then we also had uh, Kurt and Bert. Yes, which, which after so long, thank goodness, way too long till we had Michael O'Malley on there, and Michael O'Malley came, and I think the entire anybody watching Glee was like, oh. it was yep. just insane. They were still together. It was like OG Kurt and Bert time together. Yeah. They they bring I think as actors they just bring out the best in each other. They have such a good chemistry, and it was you know a, a scene that it could have been cheesy, blah blah. blah. Like eh, the, I don't think the writing of it was great, but they were they they just nailed it. They did. They really did. Yeah. So speaking of Kurt, oh so much drama this episode. Fucking Chandler. All right, I actually really like Chandler. I like that he complimented Kurt's hippopotamus brooch. Um, I would- can I tell you that like a full minute before that happened, I was like, look at his hippopotamus brooch. It's awesome. <laughs> and then that was like the first thing out of that kid's mouth. I was like, yeah. You're like, man, that, man, that Chandler kid. We, we see how it is. We see eye to eye. Um, I do, however, agree. He's better with- than Sebastian. Well, yeah, much better. But I do agree, agree with Rachel. Like that was, I mean, it wasn't out and out cheating, but it wasn't right. Right. But, I mean, it it wasn't right, but it was, I think it had to happen. And, I mean, this, because this has come up a little bit with us before about, because the Kurt Blaine relationship, it's it's too perfect. Yeah. Um, and maybe it would be more interesting if they did break up. And actually, this was a nice twist, too, because this is where we see, like, I, I feel like um, We've always assumed that, like, Blaine is, you know, the, the hotter one, if you will, by, by most conventional standards. And not that Blaine would be more apt to cheat, but it would be, most people would expect him to have more opportunity, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I like that it was, like, that it was Kurt in this case, who, and we saw where it came from. We, we see immediately that, yeah, there's some issues there. Like, there's a distance. And I think, I mean, I'm sure you saw it, too, in that first scene when Kurt's like, you know, why aren't you excited for me? I mean, I knew it. Well, it's because, well, Kurt, you're talking about going to New York, essentially. Yeah. 
And so it was, it and was so good to have for them to have that conversation. It was, it was, it, that whole situation was really great. Mm-hmm. Um, I also thought it added a lot to, uh, I, I'm looking at our, our group page now who, who talked about, um, who picked on us because we, because of the Blaine brother episode and we said, I we've never seen that. I think it was Helene. I think it was Helene too. I can't yeah. find it though. Wait, maybe it's in this one. Um, but she had a good point. I wanted to read it on air just because I feel like it added to this episode and I can't find it now for some reason. Um, but basically she, she, she said, you know, that she had a bone to pick with us and she picked on us a little bit for saying that we've never seen Blaine being secure. Mm-hmm. And she pointed out a few different interest, uh, instances where he has been a little bit insecure. And I just think that this kind of rounded that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and made the, I mean, it shouldn't, Technically, it should not make the previous episodes more believable, but I think it did sort of make the previous episode right, a little bit. Yeah, they're continuing from that point on. Totally. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm now I'm like, and now I'm kind of excited for next season, which I've been dreading, and I still am because I'm just scared it's going to be too much Rachel Finn. Um, but I am really curious to see where the relationship does go because it is a huge thing if your boyfriend goes to college and you're still home stuff is going to happen and it's not necessarily ever going to be out of maliciousness, but it's a different life you've now entered into. And I'm curious, something that um I think I want to say Joe brought up on the page was if season one, it was Rachel's season, season yeah. two was her season. Maybe this is Finn's season, which is an interesting way to think about it. I really hope that means season four is Blaine. Yes. We can only hope. Although, you know, it might be like Tina, <laughs> Wait, who's Tina? I don't know who she is, but I think she she's a Her junior. Her name keeps showing up in the credits. I don't know. I don't know. I think she I, she had a line this episode actually. Did but, she? Yeah, she did in the bathroom. Oh right, right, right. Yeah. Um, but like she's gonna be left behind by everybody also. So, yeah. but Blaine would be be a much better choice. Yeah. Um. Okay. So what the else? thing also I liked about um the way this story was was it wasn't one scene and a song and it was all resolved. It, it didn't work that way. It was, it they was had this, two songs. This, yeah, they had this conversation. Kurt has an I'm sorry song. It doesn't quite work. And I love that because that's, you know, never, how often in your life have you had an issue in your relationship and you had one conversation and then it was solved from that point on? Oh, never. It doesn't happen that way. And I really like all of a sudden I'm in love with the show for showing that. So I hope they keep it up. Yeah, we'll see. Keep our fingers crossed. Yeah, and again, um, I made my notes. This is the relationship conversation we want, not Rachel and Finn debating whether they should be married or what. Like, this was infinitely more interesting and believable and deep and everything else. <laughs> yep. Um, okay, so moving on. Should we move on? Are we ready? Yeah. All right, so let's deal with Quinn and Joe. Oh, okay. It was a short storyline. Thankfully. Yeah. Um, basically Quinn is like, oh, we see Quinn during one of the dance numbers during, I want to dance with somebody. And, um, she's very, very anti-dancing basically. Mm. Um, obviously she's starting to feel the, you know, pain of actually being in a wheelchair and like the things she can't do, even though we had a very inspirational episode with Artie last week or the Mm -hmm. week before last week, last week, um, Two weeks, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, so Joe, being a Christian, d- 
does the right thing and goes. Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. Did you say Joe was a Christian? Joe, Joe's a Christian. Yeah. Wait, I had no idea Joe was a Christian. You didn't know he was a Christian. He's a Christian. No, the show did nothing to tell me that Joe was a Christian. Joe's a Christian. He's he's. You think like he would have said I'm a Christian? Teenage Jesus. He's a Christian. Yeah. Right, and you think like other characters would acknowledge the fact that he's Christian? Well, well, being a good Christian, he goes with her to physical therapy, and gets a boner. Gets a boner. Yeah. Um, and talks to Sam about it and gets another boner now, on her leg. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, okay. I gotta, I gotta make this point now. Let me actually read my text messages because our dear friend of the show, Slug of the Slug class, Slug class, that fucking is still hard to say, um, <laughs> texted me I, uh, last night, I guess, when, as he was watching it. Uh, and I quote, Quinn felt hippie dick poke her below the waist, dot, 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 whilst paralyzed. Yeah. I oh, thought, yeah. Quinn is paralyzed. <laughs> I did think that, too. But didn't she say, like, oh, I'm starting to, like, regain feeling so they think I'll be able to walk soon? Like, didn't, like, I'm pretty sure that was, like, a throwaway line at some point. Okay. She might have. But I really like the idea that. She didn't, but you might be right. We, we might be able to give Glee some slack there. But um, when, when, he, when I got that text message, I laughed hard. Yeah, I do think at some point that happened. Yeah. Um, so the thing about this storyline is a, it's really late in the season to care about this since Quinn is graduating. Yeah. B, having a character say they're Christian every other sentence doesn't mean you're writing a good Christian character. Yeah. And see, when Joe goes to Sam and asks about, you know, sex and I'm attracted to Quinn, couldn't, wouldn't Sam, couldn't he have actually said, well, you know, dude, okay, yeah, you should get over it because like what he said, being a Christian doesn't mean this, blah, blah. Oh, and don't worry anyway, because Quinn doesn't put out. Because <laughs> remember last season, because remember folks, two years ago, Quinn had a baby. And last season was like, I'm never having sex until I'm married. And Sam would take like cold showers and think about uh, Beast naked yep. so that you could not have a boner. Couldn't he have just told Joe, don't worry about it. She can give it up for you. I guess not. Guess not. Um, <laughs> a lot, yeah, I mean, this was obviously one of the throwaway storylines. I, I could have done without this, but it didn't bother me because there was other things, good, other good things going on around it. Yeah. I just, I think, um, and I mean, we saw in the Glee Project, Ryan Murphy saying how much he wants to write a Christian character and, you know, he wants to, because he feels like he's never represented them on Glee. I'm, I mean, I don't know how Joe is going over with the Christian audience of Glee, um, but it just feels to me like he's just so, it's so pandering yeah. and it's just so, oh, look, no, I have a Christian character on there. And in case you didn't know it, he's Christian. Did I, did I say that he's Christian? Because he's Christian. Because <laughs> they like you can do a drinking game and drink holy water every time he says Christian, and eventually you're just going to ascend to heaven. Yep. Because that's how often it's said in this episode. He did say it a lot. Yeah. Uh, okay, so last major storyline of the episode. Is Will and Emma? Yeah. Will is pressuring Emma to mm. move their wedding up to May. Now, Emma calls him on it. Why does he want to move his wedding up today? Because he's sad the Glee kids might not come back for the wedding. Well, realistically, he kind of should be. Because if I was going to college in New York and got a wedding invitation uh, in Ohio, it's not cheap. But you know what? 
they she said, "Oh, it'll be Christmas." So all the kids should have been on the Christmas breaks anyway. Well, originally it was that, and then it was November, and, and so no September. If, if they no, at one point it was going to be November. No, it was it was December, and then Mr. Lavender suggested moving it back to September. Okay. I promise. I listened to it twice. I heard it specifically. I almost wrote it down. Uh Um, (laughs) Now, so yeah, if it's December, they are are all back. They're home. The thing I actually, I liked this storyline, not because I liked the fact that Will is really creepily codependent on on his students, but I like that the show acknowledged that. Yeah, finally. Yeah. Uh, you know, it didn't have characters outright calling him on the fact that, hey, dude, you're like 35, get some friends. <laughs> but it was there and it was Emma just saying, look, Will, we're teachers. We we teach children until they graduate and then we hope we did a good job and then we teach more children. Yeah. Like it was it was a very like it it worked, I think. I don't think they had to come out and say because I think that's another criticism some people might have had about this episode was, God, that's really creepy. But the show acknowledged that. They just didn't have to judge the character themselves to do it. Yep. Yep. And I I did like the line where he was like, three years ago, I was, you know, living with mm-hmm. Terry, letting yeah, her tell me too. everything to do. I know you had it as a note. That's why I brought it yep. up. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, um, blah, blah, blah. I, I was just looking over my notes quickly, which is why I'm just making noises. Um, oh, I did to go, <laughs> to go back to the Christian storyline. I did. I mean, as much as I hated Joe's dialogue, I do think that our, you know, Diana of Aragon brings everybody up to her level still mm-hmm. held true because he was far more tolerable in those scenes than he has been in the past. I could see that because I even think he was better in those scenes than he was with, in the Sam scene. Yeah, for he sure. Felt- stiff and everything well, also else. because he had that ridiculous hairdo during oh my god that was too, awful drove me crazy <sighs> like how do you not because and that was another thing i forgot to write down was later on when the girls are kind of teasing quinn and they're like calling him a girl essentially yeah Brittany. because did. i mean he's he's a he's a pretty man that's what i'll say about joe yes. i think joe is good looking he's good looking in a pretty way that it's he's prettier than me i'm just gonna come out and say <laughs> he is he's got sparkling he eyes awful He's, I mean, I'm, he's just very pretty. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I think just think their dialogue was painful because it was just really cheesy. And, you know, what do I look like in your eyes? Like all that stuff I hated. But I agree. I think the performances were, again, like I said last week, the performances, I think, shined through bad dialogue. They did. Yeah. Um, so the music? Yeah. All right. The first one, I don't know if you agree with me. This was to me like... I would say this is the best song of the year so far. Oh, I yeah, I really loved it. it it's it, I think it was really great. Um, Mercedes actually looked good. She was in a flattering dress. Yeah, um, yeah, they all were in pretty dresses. The only complaint I have about it is the the last shot of the number where they everybody looked back and they panned onto the empty spotlight. I, that was too much for me. <laughs> okay, I think that was a little obnoxious. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I really I like the number. Um, well, What's interesting about the music this week is how different it was approached compared to the music last week. The music last week was so, let's just recreate the Bee Gees. Mm -hmm. And the music this week was, we're not, and I think in part it may be 
it's Whitney Houston. You you can't recreate Whitney Houston as the show acknowledged when Rachel kept saying, I want to do the Star Spangled Banner. It's like, no, you can't. Yeah. Um, and that's what they did with these songs was they really did make them they it they cater them to the glee characters and their voices as opposed to forcing them into, you know, singing falsetto like they did last week. Okay. And this to me, what was so great about this one was it's a cappella, which we like they just don't do anymore, and I never understand why. Because it, whenever they've done acapella, it's been so good. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's why the Warblers were so loved, and remember yeah. that's why you know already dancing with myself. Um, yep. And I mean, and I don't know whose decision it is, in because I don't, I just don't know in terms of the Glee production who decides how they're doing these songs. If it's, I'm sure there's a music director, but you know, is it? At that point, does Ryan Murphy step in? Is it Paris Barclay who's like, hey, let's do a cappella? I don't know. Um, but whoever was making the decision this episode did it right. Okay. I, so I, I can see that. I mean, th- I mean, but it's still, I don't know. I was, I was going to disagree with you because I thought you were going in a different direction. But then I don't think you went in the direction that, um, that I w- thought you were going in. Okay. Um. I don't know what that sorry, means. I'm like sorry. You're multitasking, I got, aren't you? I am. I am because Mike is Mike is watching the NFL draft on um on my TV with headphones on, and my TV decided it wanted to start recording Thirty Rock, so I was going to stop it from recording. It was recording Thirty Rock and The Big Bang, and I was like, "Oh, I'll stop recording Thirty He like shut through the. He like picked up the remote control so that I would grab it and fix it, and um. I, I got very flustered, and now I'm getting a thumbs up. You're welcome. And, um, it's a very stressful night. It is very stressful. I'm oh so stressed. God, no. I, don't, I don't even know what I'm saying. Oh, but <laughs> I was saying that it was it was recording the Big Bang Theory, and it was recording 30 Rock, and I wanted to get back to ESPN, and I was just going to stop 30 Rock because I could watch it on Hulu. But then I remembered that 30 Rock is the live what? episode tonight, so I don't want to watch it on Hulu because I want it to be the actual airing because I feel like they might fix things if they put it on Hulu. Mm-hmm. And so I stopped recording the Big Bang Theory, and that's the end of my story. But I got very flustered. Very sorry. Are you okay? Do you I'm need okay a minute? Now. I'm fine now. Do you need I... like a paper bag? Breathe in it, Erica. Breathe in it. <sighs> okay. What what we're actually talking about? Oh, the uh, music. Yeah. Um, okay. I was saying like I I thought you were going in a different direction with it. I thought you were going to say I like that they kind of made it their own and made it original. But mm-hmm. I was going to disagree on the first song because when uh, Wayne actually brought it up on our Facebook group or Joe brought it up on our Facebook group, he said, uh, someone brought it up on our Facebook group. He said that, um, you know, when she first died, they isolated a track of her singing the song and it, it floated around the internet and that's where they got the arrangement from. Oh, okay. They basically took it from the, from, you know, it's the song, it's just the isolated Mm. track of her voice, and that's kind of where they took that from. Okay. So I guess that's what I was trying to say, is that that song wasn't original, they did take it from there. But the rest of the songs fit the the Glee kids, but I think they were pretty close to the original arrangement, to the point where two of them, they just straight out did the music video. Okay. And we'll talk about that when we get to it, because I don't know, do do you know that? Did you no, recognize that? No, I'm stressed now too. I'm sorry. Okay. I didn't mean to stress you out. That's okay, I'm sorry. Okay. Um but but yeah, I mean, well what's next? I want to dance with somebody? Yeah. That that's one of them. I mean, that outfit, I think I'm I don't think it, the video was exactly that, but I know Whitney Houston has definitely worn that outfit before that Brittany and Santana were wearing. 
Um, but did she look as good in it as Brittany and Santana? No, she did not. Because they no looked way. really good in it. I did really enjoy this. Yeah. Because um, it, I mean, it was Brittany singing most of it, which means, the, well, the, I'm glad she didn't sound good. She just sounded like somebody who can't really sing, who's got some machinery behind her. But at the same time, it didn't sound auto-tuned the way they usually auto-tune Brittany, where they auto-tune her so that she sounds very generic, but like she's singing it. Like this, no, this sounded like Bruce. Oh, if that makes sense. It's like they did a, a they didn't do a great job of auto-tuning, but they didn't over-auto-tune it, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, but it just to me this was so it I'll never listen to this version of the song. Um, but I would totally watch this version of the song again because the dancing was just fun. Yeah, it was just a good time and it was very reminiscent of an early nineties music video. Um, if not yeah. one of her music. I did actually look up that music video because I was like, I think this is more or less the music video. And it, it actually wasn't, but it was very similar in the dance moves and just, and I'm really kind of positive I saw Whitney Houston in that outfit at some point. Okay. Um, blah, blah, blah. I want to dance with somebody. And then what was it? All my love for you, right? Uh, yes. Um, was this the Quinn and Joe one? It was, yeah. Okay. It was nothing oh. special. Yeah, it was pretty, but uneventful, I guess. Yeah, I, I mean, it it just made me remember when Sam and Quinn sung Lucky, and I really mm-hmm. like that. Oh, yeah. So it just made me miss that. That. I could see that. And it's, it was kind of a weird song. I actually, I as I was watching the second time... Um, <laughs> Were you listening to the lyrics and realizing it was about uh, cheating? No, no, I wasn't. Um, it, yeah, no, I think the lyrics are about, like, I'm saving all my love for you, even though you have a family and you're married. I think it's oh, about a woman who's having an affair with a married man. That's odd. Yeah. Um, no, I have a comment on the lyrics on the last song. I'm going to look them up, actually, because I think if I heard what I think I heard, then it was super inappropriate for the kids to sing. But, um, no, I just felt I, I didn't. There were a couple of songs today while I was watching it the second time that I went back and I I listened to the Whitney Houston version because I was like, this sounds different to me. Mm-hmm. And on one of them, it was just because I didn't I've only like I only recognized the chorus of the song. Like I probably just never listened to the song all the way through. Gotcha. Um, and this wasn't this was one of the ones I wanted to go back to. And I didn't because the, I don't know, the arrangement felt weird. It just felt like very loungy and very like, mm. I don't know, it was just like. Scrubbed. I know, Quinn's sitting down all day. Yeah, it's felt very scrubbed clean of any emotion. Like, it was just mm. like, we're in a wedding band, or we're lounge singers. Yeah, which, I have... mean, also makes sense for the relationship, because this yeah. is, you know, they don't, there's no depth here yet. So Yeah, there's no yeah. emotion in the song mm-hmm. at all. It's kind of, I don't know, it, meh, I wasn't a yep. fan. Okay. Uh, was next, the next song was the Rachel Santana one. Yes, which was so emotional. So emotional, okay. Um... And this this was the one where I was like, I need to go listen to the original because I know that chorus mm. by heart, but I didn't recognize any other part of the song except for the chorus. And I was what like, did, I, was this one very different from the original? No, it wasn't. I just okay. am just un- apparently am unfamiliar with the verses of that song. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I, I enjoyed this. Though. Yeah. I'm just curious. Like they had their little scene after this. So I'm curious as to what brought on the duet. Mm. Uh, yeah. Whitney. Wow. Well. Yeah. Um, and why were we all cell phone recording now? Is that like a thing now? We have to record every right. performance because Sam did it? Like, that like Sam did it last me. week. And now like, yeah, this number, every member of the of the New Directions had a cell phone with like smiling. And it's like, what? Yeah, really? Yeah, I don't need that. I get it. They occasionally video 
people unless it's going to come into play i don't know who knows i don't know i don't think it will i think it was just like they were like oh nothing's going on here let's have let's have some other footage cut in and it's poor cell phone footage i don't know and it was like but i think um the performances were really fun yeah it was and i like how you know like rachel's kind of singing like to finn but to santana about it and like there was a lot of character personality in the song that i really liked uh, okay, the next one uh, was my favorite. Yeah, and was actually the music video. Okay, that um, oh I didn't know that I didn't realize. Yeah, that. all this stuff with him at the table in the video. She actually has a very large table. He appeared to have a very little table, but they were the same table. Maybe his was a desk, hers was a table. I don't know. So did she have gay cops as her back backup yeah. dancers too? Okay. Yes. She did. And she had a whole bunch of women behind her singing about being jilted lovers like he had the glee club. Okay, the way he had the glee club. Yeah. Um, The thing that was great about this, aside from it being Blaine and Aaron Chris just being amazing, uh, was the when he first starts singing and the reactions of the glee kids to her. Because Santana looks at him, but then Artie has this great moment where he turns around and it's so judgmental and and that just made this song fun for me. Yeah, it's all really, it was just, it was just great. Um, I loved all their reactions and I still, again, like Darren Chris is, I think, one of the only ones who can act and sing at the same time because I felt every word that he was singing. Like Mm -hmm. I, I bought that he was, felt like he was being cheated on. Yep. I would agree 100%. Um, uh, then we have Kurt doing, I have nothing. No. Yeah. Did Um, I break? title down oh i don't know i'm not I looking feel, yeah I'm no looking i just at my notes not okay notes. i just wrote that down so i'm confused uh yes i have nothing uh it we it's been a long time we had a kurt solo you know kind of kurt singing a a girl song as he yeah. always said uh and it made me realize i missed them yeah because the, yeah the only thing i wrote down was perfect there the, it was just perfect he did yeah. a great job with it and i believed it and mm-hmm. it was wonderful uh, um, and then we have the last song. I have no idea what the title is, so I called it Clap Your Hands, Y'all. Yeah, it's called My Love Is Your Love. Oh, or Clap Your Hands, Y'all, because that's saying a lot. Um, I'm looking for the lyrics now, because this is the one that I had an issue with. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm just being racist, but let me see. Yes, it's... it's <laughs> Cause your love is my oh where did the lyrics go they just disappeared stupid pop up ad it's cause your love is my love and my love is your love it would take an eternity to break us and the chains of Amistad couldn't hold us <laughs> I was like those wow the words <laughs> wow that's interesting I never would have yeah huh. it's almost one of those lines I wonder if a songwriter there knowing that like ah when he's no, nobody's gonna think of what we're actually saying. <laughs> and well, the, and the thing is that I didn't until I was listening in the car, and they repeat it over and over and over again. And I was like, "Are they really saying in the change of chains of Amistad couldn't hold us?" I was like, "Is that appropriate? I don't even know. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know how I should feel about that." I'm trying that. to decide if it is racist. Well, I mean, it's a real thing. I know, but, but is the chains it... of Amistad didn't hold them, so it's not right. a good. They they broke out of Amistad. That's actually a really that's those are weak chains. They are weak chains, but like, yeah. and fact, it's a bunch of white kids in Mercedes. Like, is it appropriate for them to sing? No, there's there's two Asians in there. Yeah, one's in a wheelchair. So I mean, 
two words. They're all enslaved in their own way, I suppose. I guess. I don't know. I was, but I, I mean, other than that, like I said, I was listening to it in the car, and I was just like, "That's odd lyric mm. choice." Yeah. Um, but other than that, the number the number was fun. You know. Yeah. Everybody just, comes back for their. Everybody. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Not like a big. I don't know. I, I feel like Glee hasn't nailed the finale song in a while. Like yeah. season one, they used to do that so well. Like they would end with somebody to love or roll in. Like, and I, I feel like they just haven't hit it in a really long time. Um, well, maybe the Valentine's Day episode. Now that I say that, with yeah, love, love shack. Uh, but there's been something lacking. Like, or they'll get the group thing. It's not like, vocally great lately. I don't know. It's an odd observation, but um, I yeah, I enjoyed it. It was it was fun. All right. Um, uh, are we ready for high notes? High notes. I actually have some this week. Yay. For, for once. Um, I love that the music store is called Between the Sheets. <laughs> I forgot to write that down. Yes, I Come did on. Too. That's brilliant writing that's right good. there. That's good. That's very good. Uh, I said Kurt's hippopotamus brooch really yes. was fabulous. It really was. I really liked Mr. Lavender. Did you? Who he is? Someone like who is he? Will, he? Oh my god, I don't know, but he totally, I'm sure he's been. He's he just looks like a character actor who's been in everything. Yeah, I think I forgot to look him up, but I love that. First of all, his name was pronounced Lavender, and even Will's line when he's like, "Oh, you're not what I expected." Yeah, because you hire a wedding coordinator named Mr. Lavender, and you expect you know Martin Short from Father of the Bride, and I just love that he was kind of like this grumpy old Italian guy. Yeah, and I I had the note. I wonder if this is is like this what all Ohio wedding planners are like, or I don't know. I mean, anybody who had a wedding planner in Ohio, let us know. But it was just like a a good a touch of Glee doing like characterizing a type of character in a different way than most people do, and I really appreciated that. Yeah, it was a good touch. Yeah. Um. I this this was kind of like a sad moment, but it was like it was like the only season one Glee moment for me in this episode, and I just really attached to it. I loved it. I thought it was so funny. Is when they're all the girls are in the bathroom and Quinn is using the hand dryer as the yes. I didn't notice it until the time I watched it when I realized that. And I'm like, that's wonderful. Because it's like, it's really terrible. Like, you feel bad for her. Like, they don't have a handicap yep. mirror in there that's tilted down. But yep. it was so funny at the same time. I was just yeah. like, oh, my God. I agree. I thought that was a brilliant touch. Um, some of the other, uh, there was a line that was cute. It was when Kurt was talking to Bert. And he's like, you're talking about how, you know, Kurt was a difficult child and Kurt has the line. I was nine. Who knew paella was so complicated? Yeah, that was good. That's cute. Uh, um, I love Will's line. Um, at the wedding, I will be rapping. <laughs> and Which in is this, horrifying. Yeah. And in the, uh, in the same conversation, Emma's like, oh, we could have monogrammed handy wipes. <laughs> um, I think Emma was kind of like the secret weapon of this episode. She was. She was great. She was just so good in all of her scenes. And she, I mean, I loved her in the counseling scene because she's so enthusiastic because she's so excited to help these kids. And then like she's like, I did so good with Sam and Mercedes. They're like, yeah, they broke up. And like, you could see that like, oh, man. And it was, she, she was just so cute in that. Um, and then she also got to deliver the line so well of when Will is proposing they get married outside under the stars. And she just says, in the perfect way, I have OCD. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, are you crazy? Really? Yeah. Um, 
blah blah blah. I also loved. Uh, there were just a there were a lot of like one off lines that I really liked. I love uh, Sam's line when he's talking to Joe. He's like, "Listen, when you ask me something, you have to be really specific." <laughs> like, yeah, he's like, "I'm kind of dumb. I know I'm kind of dumb." Oh, I miss dumb Sam. Yeah. Um, the other thing, I mean, the, the other great thing about this episode really was Blaine and Kurt. Just, I mean, every one of their scenes, I think, mm-hmm. and uh, there seemed again in counseling scene was so good because it was timing with each other was so and I mean it was a funny scene because you have like when when you find out and slipping bronzer in Blaine's moisture (laughs) but like even just the way that whole the and I think this is a case where it's the actors and and I think this is a directing place where I can look at and be like that's good directing Mm -hmm. Um, because they're talking of Blaine talking over Kurt and Kurt talking over Blaine but you can still hear everything they're saying it just made that scene so well and be funny, but not over the top. And I just, it was just like moment of brilliance. It just made me really happy to watch, still be watching Glee. <laughs> um, I'm just going to run through a couple more that I have that yeah. Kurt needed um, peach colored shoe polish. Uh-huh. Um, that just the whole puck thing that the, the pick said the dudes of Glee 2012, like who would write that on a guitar pick? Yeah. Um, that he's the sentimental one and that he, yeah. he had the line, remember all the bromance that we had together. Um, the say sorry with a song pamphlet. <laughs> and lastly, um, oh, Blaine has the great line, I love your jauntily placed cap. <laughs> it was cute. No, just, and then the only other thing I would say was the characters were acting like themselves, yes. which was really nice. Uh, um, low notes. I do still have low notes because it is glee as do i um my biggest most (laughs) it's funny that i'm saying the most offensive one because i feel like we probably offend ohioans every episode um is chandler's line we future new yorkers have to stick together oh my god i was like that's when i hated him and i'm like oh no no this kid can't stay no yeah i I was not 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 happy with that moment It was terrible, even though we make fun of ourselves all the time, but we're allowed to. Right, we're allowed to, exactly. Um, I would, and just in hand in hand with that, I was just really surprised they didn't. I was surprised they didn't just make him another Niata finalist. Yeah, I why? I wonder why not. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I maybe it was just. Oh, maybe it's planning. Maybe because, and we don't know if they're getting in for one thing. Um, but maybe it was the idea of them thinking, oh, if. Um, sorry, my phone. Um, feeling, but Randy, I can talk you right now. I'm recording Glee cast. Um, <laughs> if the same go to Niata, then do we have to deal with it again? I don't know. Maybe that was part of it. I don't know. Maybe they didn't want them to be competing. I don't know. I don't know. It just seemed yeah. odd. Um, Lona, I had well, just clunkiness of the Christian dialogue. Yeah, and just it, it just feeling lazy and kind of like. Clearly, they're not the writers aren't Christian and don't know how to write Christian characters. Um, at that point, you just don't write them, or you—I don't know—you hire some. No, to um, the fact that Sam didn't actually tell Joe, "Don't worry, Quinn doesn't <laughs> have sex," really bothered me. Uh, and just and the line, the dialogue of Joe, "You can use my eyes to see yourself. I see you," just made me want to throw up. <laughs> and I really hate throwing up. So. 
I'm sorry. Um, what else did I have? Oh, I don't. I do not like watching Matthew Morrison kiss people. Morse people. <laughs> Matthew Morrison kiss people. Oh, like okay. he, he kept like when he was trying to get Emma to say that she'll move the wedding up, he just like kept attacking her, and I, it made me very uncomfortable. Mm, okay. Um, <laughs> Blaine spends a lot of the episode looking really disgusted at everything. He kept making really ugly faces, and I was a little sad. Who did? Blaine. Okay. Oh. Um, and then, oh, and the last thing is the only thing I'm gonna nitpick on about the Kurt and Blaine stuff is um, when they fight and then they transition into it's not right, but it's okay. Blaine, Kurt gives, I like, I take issue with non-apologies. He says, because I'm sorry if I hurt you is, an, is, is not an apology. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry I, I hurt you is an apology. And yeah. Kurt actually says, I'm sorry if that hurt you. And it bothered right. me. And then I, I thought the transition into the song was clumsy because Blaine actually just says, it's not right, but it's okay. And then he, and then they transition. <laughs> I'm gonna make it. Yeah. And that that felt clunky and bothered me, and and it bothered me that he didn't actually apologize. So, yeah. Um, that's it. Do you have yeah, any? I'm sorry you feel this way. Yeah. Yeah. Excuse yeah. Me. Uh, yeah yes. That's not an apology. I'm I agree. <laughs> uh, the one thing I want to point out was at the end of Glee, they do a you know. Next week on Glee, and they did a like look out for the Glee graduation. Uh, I had to pause it to look at it because I was very intrigued because it's the Glee graduation album, and there's a couple kids on there, but not all Glee. And I wonder if this is supposed to be seniors, not seniors. Um, on the day they show Quinn, Mercedes, Finn, Santana, Rachel, Kurt, Mike, Puck, and that's it. No Sam, which is odd because I thought Sam was totally a senior. No, I think he, no, I think he's a junior. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think he is. Because I, I mean, I think they've just been going back and forth so much. Because I remember that with like when talking to Rio again, she's like, "It's our last year as as seniors," and she says this to Santana and Brittany. Like, clearly, at some point in time, the writers are like, "Yeah, let's make me a junior instead." But I feel like Sam definitely. Um, I think when they went to get him from Kentucky and he was, and like Finn was like, come on, man, don't you want to spend, he was like, I want to spend senior year with my friends. Oh, yeah. In Ohio. So, you know, maybe, who knows? I don't know. Maybe they just couldn't fit everyone on the, <laughs> on the cover. Yeah, queen's in a fat ass wheelchair. Um, I was curious as to what a personalized nut cup is. A personalized. Isn't that what she said? Nut and UT. Emma said it. She was like, I only just started personalizing our nut cups. Maybe there's nuts at the wedding. Is that what she said? I don't know. I was so confused. I was like, I'm. I work weddings all the time. I don't know what that is. It sounds kind of like more. It sounds dirty. Hey, but hey. Um. Yeah, I think that was the only thing I had to comment on. It was just kind of odd. Yeah. All right. So we have feedback. We do. Got lots of feedback. Lots and lots. Mm-hmm. Um. Are you in the Gmail? I am. Right. Who's do you? Do you want to just rotate? Sure. All right. Do we all start in chronological order? Sure. But we're going to have to switch it. Okay. Or do you want to start first? Well, I, I, well. Talk to me, Erica. I don't know. I don't have words. Well, I wanted to read Brianne's, but you always read Wayne's, and those are, those are like in the same reading spot. We can jump around. We can do this, okay? That's what I was saying. We can't go in exact chronological order because then we'll get all confused. Okay. Well, 
I, I just want to start this. All right, you go first. Okay. This is from Beth. Okay. I just want to dance with somebody. Thoughts. Are you ready? Are you okay? Yes. Yeah, it's fine. All right. Hi, Emily and Erica. A random collection of thoughts about please dance with somebody. I reviews because the voices in my head won't let me. I know. Love the opening number. The funeral four were incredible. I felt there was little to no auto-tuning, and the purity of their voices really made the song for me. Uh, didn't get the hate over the locker shrine. I have I have to drive by so-and-so. was. I have to drive by so-and-so was killed here in Memorial Road Barkers all the time. Oh, I'm sorry. I have just a, a preference to emails. I didn't read any of these before I, I'm reading. I'm site right now, and apparently yeah, I can't read. I am too. Beth continues. Didn't get the hate locker shrine. I have to drive by so-and-so was killed here in Memorial Road markers all the time and constantly see car windows with in-memory of blank decal on them. So why is a locker shrine so odd? Road memorial markers and cars aren't forever either. Totally random operation. Hmm. Although I preview each episode of Glee before watching it with my 10-year-old, I was totally unprepared for how visibly upset he got at the thought of Kurt and Blaine breaking up. Clayne's fighting upset him. He kept, uh, he kept asking me for reassurance this would not happen. We spent some time talking about people and relationships. This little 10-year-old feels clean is perfect. He couldn't explain it any further. <laughs> On the other hand, he couldn't care less about Finn and Rachel. Go figure. <laughs> yeah, Beth's taste is apparently identical to your 10-year-old son. Teen Jesus and sex. We have all this thought. Christian homeschoolers have sex. Because trust me, those kids rut like rabbits. I don't buy Teen Jesus not being around other kids before now. Homeschoolers have each other and they date even date secular homeschoolers. Now, if Joe's parents are comfortable enough to let him attend public school, then he went to homeschool socials. He's hung out with the other kids and before now. I bet Joe has an ulterior motive. Play the innocent and so during the singing Jack and Diane, he can dribble off those Bobby Brooks and Judy Jesus with Quinn. Now again, it's a setup. No virgins ugly. <laughs> Speaking of virgins, the cougar in me the idea of Sam losing it while working. He was a stripper after all. Curses. Kentucky, too far away to visit last fall. Such a missed opportunity. Yeah, I know these are fictional characters. Guess I'll just have to wait for the fanfic. <laughs> <laughs> Concerning Blaine and his acting, best teen angst ever. Totally get Burton Blaine distancing themselves from Kurt. It's so much easier to say goodbye when you are not part of their lives anymore. Things I had to look up to. Lesbian, things I had to look up. <laughs> things no, I had to look up. <laughs> look up. Lesbian... You kind of... Go ahead. You cut out a little bit again, so... Okay. I was just Think, repeating it. Okay. Lesbian Ben and Pae. Now I am going to work on putting into a conversation. Bonus point if I get them into the same sentence. Note, I always have to look up something. My favorite of all time, Merkin. <laughs> What's Merkin? Is that a fish? Didn't Durkin. did we not have this conversation? I think I told you what it is. Me. You're I'm getting up. old. Ah fuck. Uh, it's it's a it's a wig for your lady parts. It's a what for your lady parts? A wig. Yes, we did talk about Merkins. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I've stupid. Okay. Uh, Wasabi is the new stone. Okay. I know what Wasabi is, so I didn't have to look it up. Got a bottle out of it, of, of, out of the fridge. It's a nice shade of green. Pretty and I share a birthday. Sigh. Totally been there. High points. Clean. Okay. I have a soft spot for my little gay boys. Loved Kurt and Bert. Can't we have Kurt and Bert show? I totally watched that. My daughter-in-law... Joe Medusa during the scene with Sam. <laughs> Joe's hair wrapped around his head. Now I have a Medusa. Or remember the show Temptation Island? Yes. Uh, remember season one of Temptation Island, Mandy? 
No, I did not. He had hair like Joe. That closely. Now you're breaking it. I apologize. It's okay. I said I did not watch it that closely. It wasn't that good. No points. And with Medusa, I mean Joe, and Quinn. No combination names for them. Stupid hookup. Rachel giving Santana her picture. Kind of creepy. Yes, it's so Santana can stay in New York City apartment. Will forcing Emma to change the wedding date. Will force Emma to change the wedding date. Can I just slap him? Favorite line. Joe's really pretty, but I heard she doesn't shave her armpits. Go, Brittany. Kind of jealous overall flirty texting. When I get a note from my husband, it usually involves picking up beer because we are out. Just kidding. If you, oh, yes. Yes, we did like it, Beth. Read it out loud. (laughs) Um, I think I'm going to call Joe Medusa from now on. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good moniker for him. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, yeah, you can't combine Joe and Quinn very well at all, can you? No. Jacqueline? No, it just doesn't work. work. I was thinking about it. It doesn't work. Yeah, I don't like it. All right, you want to read the next one? Sure. It is from Brienne. She says, hey, ladies, it's Brienne. Here goes my first participation of this Glee cast. I wanted to start with everything I loved in this episode. I was so excited to see Emma's pamphlets again. It was a reminder of the humor I've always loved in the show. I was happy to finally have a Wemma heavy episode. (laughs) They got engaged and then nothing really happened after. I was glad to see some of their wedding planning. I love the line from Brittany, Quinn, in my dreams, you still dance and fly and breathe fire. That was a good one. <laughs> Forget about that, yeah. Um, very happy to see Bert. Always great scenes between them. Love Blaine's shot glass. Drink till she's cute. <laughs> and the best for last, Joe getting a boner. I die. <laughs> my gripes. Ugh, hated Chandler. Could he be any more loud and abrasive? I like that Clayton had drama, but honestly, no one would text another guy with their boyfriend sitting next to them. Mm-hmm. Especially after Kurt talked to Rachel and she pointed out that he was hiding it from Blaine, so it was wrong. Uh, Quinn's pity party. After her first PT session with Joe, she was whining that he didn't like her because she was in a chair. When obviously you met him in the Christian group. He's not going to pounce on you right away. (laughs) That's a good point, actually. Yep. Um, Anyone else notice that Joe's nostrils flared the entire conversation between him (laughs) and Quinn after he got the boner? It's kind of like how Damien uh, Rory has like eyebrows that that's how he acts. Joe yeah. kind of acts with his nostrils. Um, Brianne continues, no explanation as to why Rory and Trigger weren't there. That's actually a good point. I didn't even realize they weren't there. Yeah, I, I thought about it at one point and then forgot. Um, my favorite songs of the night were How Will I Know, Love When They Make Their Own Arrangements and Mercedes Look Very Pretty, mm-hmm. Saving All My Love For You, Good Chemistry Between Quinn and Joe and Their Voices Mesh Well, I Have Nothing, personal favorite Whitney song, and Blaine's Teary Eyes Killed Me. Kurt did a great job with a tough song also. And Your Love Is My Love. I love when Artie goes all R&B. <laughs> plus, he got no love in the episode, so it was nice to hear him plus have everyone come together at the end. Overall, I give this episode a B plus for Blaine's awesomeness. I was glad to see good plot movement and a hint of old humor. Brianne. Mm-hmm. Yep. Good yep. points. Good points. It was a good point about... Um, uh, what am I trying to say about Kurt texting next to Blaine too? Like who does that? That's true. But, it was a, that was a little much. Yeah. Yeah. It did add to the story though. So it was, I was okay with it. But that's always my issue with TV shows where a character is cheating. Yeah, I've never cheated one, but I can be much better at it than any character on any show. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. It's from Ashley. Here we go. Before I talk about this week's episode, I need to speak any guilt Erica might feel about hating Alex Punchface. Black, he's gay, and he's still a dick. There's just no way to... <laughs> I hated how the kid used those two aspects of his identity, especially the being gay part, as an excuse to be an arrogant piss. 
He just couldn't stop bragging about himself and totally pulled drag to gain points with Ryan Murphy. There's a reason Dreamy White Dread, stealing the last two words from Lindsay Mills, and yes, I said Dreamy, don't judge me, one over Alex and the other girl. He was actually humble in the experience. Fair enough, and we both said, yeah, Joe is Dreamy. Yeah. Uh, I have to agree with almost everything I've heard on Gleecast post-hiatus. It's almost obligation to watch every Tuesday instead of certainty that you'll actually enjoy the next 60 minutes of your life. The wiki app, bum, 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 was no exception. All right, this is me being nitpicky, and maybe these kids are special. I find it hard to believe that high school kids today are creating Whitney shrines in their lockers when around the time she passed, you had teenagers on Twitter asking who the hell, well, well, hell, Whitney Houston was. Really? 16 years, 16 year old, olds, I know, know Whitney songs pre 95. The only kids know about Whitney now is a bad drug abuse joke. Or the only thing kids know about Whitney now is a bad drug abuse joke. But, it did just use terrible dance reflexes of her singles. At the very least, I was hoping to see a real homage to the Dance of Somebody video and song. It's pretty iconic pop culture so that even more disappointing, that was even more disappointing than Blaine's cringeworthy attempt at one of my personal favorite Whitney's. If you haven't heard the real version, please listen. It's much more digestible than that damn fuckery of an abomination Blaine performed. After he was done, I bursted into laughter. The only performance I enjoyed was Kurt's, although Emily, the voice expert, <laughs> tell me, was he straining a bit to have those high notes? I don't know, I think I'm okay. Well, I can't believe we disagree so strongly with Ashley. Oh, it's so strange. It is. Um... Although, I mean, I think Ashley is, is in a minority here in general. Yeah. Just because I think this episode was pretty well received. But at the same time, I don't have... I think Ashley maybe has clearly more knowledge of Whitney Houston. Um, I mean, like, you had to explain to me how most of those were recreated dance videos, which I didn't know. Because I don't know anything about Whitney Houston. I know the, the, her big songs, and that's just about it. So I don't know if that, that wasn't part of it. Speaking of the performances, I think that's the only reason I bother to watch anymore. To catch a good or snark-worthy musical sequence. Because the drama just makes me want to punch my own head into a wall. With obvious exception of for Kurt and Burt, Burt can do no wrong. Mike O'Malley is an amazing actor and makes every scene magic. Like, is Will really that borderline unhealthily attached to his students? What teacher invites his students to his wedding? What teacher pushes his wedding up so his students can attend? Not only are young Glee viewers getting the Bella Swan principles of love lessons, <laughs> but they're also getting some grand ideas that teachers will gracefully give them their asses to kiss. Ugh. I almost feel bad for Quinn. Almost. I think Joe's test of faith issues, in conjunction with her, are just ridiculous. Note to writers, even Christians who choose to wait for marriage actually don't mind kissing their partners. They're honest enough with themselves to openly discuss romance and sex. Okay, maybe I've been lucky enough to be around the more well-adjusted individuals of Christian faith. But as you two have deliberately pointed out, they write scripts during breaks or something like that, which annoys me to no end. You know, I almost spent four years getting a screenwriting degree. I transferred after the second year. And Glee writers treat the craft like ultimate frisbee. <laughs> That's a wonderful line, Ashley. It is. Maybe crappy writing is why I don't care much for anyone's relationship. Thank you again, Emily and Erica. It's high school. You're not likely to be with that person when you're on your deathbed. Maybe Blaine and Kurt do need to split. No one gains a flirtatious rapport with another person unless there are problems in the already established relationship. And dare I say it's a sign of just being young? Okay, I'm done. I feel I've said too much and nothing already. Regardless, happy casting, ladies. Ashley, who you can find at buriedinabookcrypt.blogspot.com. I'm super surprised. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I, you know, I'm I always intrigued when there's a different opinion. Yeah, I mean, I understand what she's saying. I'm just yeah. surprised. Yeah, and I mean, I understand her gripes. I mean, a lot of her gripes are the same that we had about 
the Joe thing, about the writing, about the relationships not getting time, and kind of being taken too seriously when it is high school. Um, but yeah, I'm surprised that she didn't um, enjoy the other aspects of the episode the way we did, I guess. And Blaine's number. I loved it. I mean, I just... The only time I didn't like Blaine was I wasn't crazy about his love shack. Everything else Blaine has ever done ever is great. Yep. Okay. Um, then we have feedback from Helene. She mm-hmm. says, good morning, ladies. We've been bitching about Glee for so long that I had to take the opportunity to finally rave about it. But I confess, I'm a little nervous. The only other episode that Ross Maxwell was credit- was the credited writer for was Hold On to 16, which I really liked and you guys really hated. But I'm I really hate it. I don't remember it. Oh, yeah. I think that was the problem. Well, I was mad at it because they called it Hold On to 16 and then didn't sing the John Mellencamp song. Oh, yeah. That made me angry. I was mixed on it. Did I hate it? I don't know. I'm <laughs> it's so hard to remember things. I know. I think that was that was back in my 20s. Yeah. You're in a whole new decade now. Exactly. It's a new world for me. <laughs> Hellion continues, but I'm holding firm. I wish he could write all the episodes. I sat on my couch clutching a pillow and bawled in front of my 12-year-old son. Oh. Of course, I loved it. Okay, so it wasn't perfect, but inappropriate erections and the fact that they've forgotten Chris Culver can belt aside, I was in heaven. And surprisingly, not just Kurt and Blaine heaven. But here are my highlights. First of all, Darren Chris, Darren fucking Chris. Like, who knew he could do that? The look on his face when he discovered Kurt's text was as good as anything Chris Culver's done in all three seasons. He completely broke my heart. I love the whole storyline, and I really felt like Glee got back to that place they occasionally find where everyone's right and everyone's wrong all at the same time. I completely believe Kurt's reaction to that Chandler kid. I wish he'd been a little less of a stereotype, <laughs> but I guess that's Glee's way of giving a Glee's way of signaling that Kurt wasn't going to be into him into him. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, like even, he wasn't a real threat. Maybe that one. Yeah. Uh, even without Blaine's distance, Kurt has never been pursued. He had to fight like crazy for Blaine and then watch as everyone and their sister went after Blaine. Mm-hmm. So of course when a nice guy tells him he's cute and asks for his number, he's totally going to get caught up in it. Mm-hmm. And while it's true that Blaine's thing with Sebastian was never about Blaine liking Sebastian, it's a fact that it made Kurt uncomfortable, but still Blaine didn't seem to be able to shut it down. Mm -hmm. And when Kurt talked about not getting any solos with Blaine around, it's true. Kurt hasn't actually had a class class solo this year, I don't think. Um, Unless I'm forgetting something, his only solo this season was his audition for West Side Story. Good God, it's almost like the writers actually planned all this in advance. I think this New York tension has been bubbling under the surface for a while, and I loved having it all finally come out. Yeah, fair enough. A lot yeah. of good points there. And Bert Hummel for all the awards. Mm-hmm. Not only did we get a great Bert Kurt scene, never once did they give in to the temptation to have Bert say, gee, Kurt, maybe Blaine's feeling the same way I am. And yet <laughs> we figured that out. And so did Kurt. It's like the writer actually credited us all with a little intelligence. Glory be. <laughs> and even greater glory be, the songs didn't solve yep. all the problems, which I think mm-hmm. is a first in all of Glee history. Again, I say, Ross Maxwell to write all the episodes. <laughs> Kudos to the wardrobe and scenery departments who seem to be more focused on continuity than anyone else on the show. <laughs> Someone on Twitter pointed out that in the scene where Blaine and Kurt hash things out with Emma, Blaine is wearing the same cardigan sweater he wore in, in the scene at the end of season two when he first told Kurt he loved him. Oh. I refuse to believe that's a coincidence. I think their costume designer is just a genius. <laughs> I mean, can't you see Blaine summoned to Emma's office by Kurt worried that they're over picking out the sweater he wore the first time they say I love you? I can totally see it. I can cry over it. Oh my God, now I'm like welling. 
My biggest surprise of the night, Will and Emma. I actually like their storyline and I know exactly why. The reason I liked them back in season one was because you had Will, who kept managing to do the wrong things for the right reasons, Mm -hmm. and Emma, who even though she was totally in love with him, never hesitated to bring him back to Earth and show him where he where he was going wrong this episode got that dynamic back i can remember why they were good for each other and why i once cared about them being together i actually liked rachel in this episode finn barely spoke in this episode hmm Mm -hmm. and did you notice that naya rivera was featured in three count them three songs they may have forgotten chris can belt but at least they seem to have realized that naya is actually one of their better singers i listened to her songbird from last season again the other day and was blown away by how good it is i thought all the songs really worked well in this episode which is pretty amazing considering how awful i initially expected it to be I was dreading a Whitney tribute, and I think that, again, lack of coal for belt aside, they made good choices that worked really seamlessly into the story. And finally, Quinn and Joe. Okay, so they couldn't actually get everything right. (laughs) If they did, how would we know it was Glee? The sad thing is that I actually could get into their story if they weren't being so heavy-handed and awkward about it. I think at this point, all the writers were just... Just think, okay, gotta write that Christian crap for Ryan. (laughs) He really wanted it. Everything about that was ludicrous, but I thought that Diana and What's-His-Name had some chemistry and they sounded good singing together. I kind of like the idea of them navigating this new kind of relationship if I thought at all the writers could handle it and with a light touch, but I don't. And please, God, don't ever undo those dreads oh, again. No, stop. Because <laughs> he totally looked like the bastard offspring of Bob Marley and the alien. <laughs> oh, that's good. Well, I guess that's what counts as a glee rave these days. The parts I loved, I adored, and the parts that were ridiculous didn't really bug me that much. Now, if I can just get my kid to stop smacking me down for crying over fictional teenagers. Helene. Aww. Aww. Well, Helene, this week we kind of agreed with everything you said. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It makes me want to go back and rewatch Hold On to 16 and if you were right. Yeah. Maybe we were just angry that day. I don't remember. I remember. Was that the sectionals? I mean, I remember liking their sectionals, but I just remember I I just remember so little. Oh, that was the Mike just, Dad episode. That was the episode that made the sectional numbers about Rachel and Finn. No, it was the Michael Jackson one. It was. Yeah. Oh wait, then. No, that was the regionals. Regionals. That, oh, that was, was regionals. Okay. Sectionals was. I think it's the one where Tina's um, tries to get Mike Dad's Mike Mike Chang's dad to support him. Okay, I don't know. Uh, yeah, no, I I go back and rethink that because I I remember the regionals aspect, but I can't remember anything else that was happening in it. So uh, we'll see. Um, but yes, one thank you, Helene. Chris, uh, high five. Um, our last email comes courtesy of the one and only Wayne Key, whose uh, title of the email is Whitney Cummings. Dot, dot, and goings. Dylan and Adderall. Quote, quote, you fill me with inertia. That's a quote by British comedian Peter Cook. Appropriate enough from a movie called Bedazzled, the original, not the Brendan Fraser remake. But it much describes how I felt about this episode of Glee. Dance with somebody filled me with inertia. Part of the problem is I can't really relate to the central conflict of this episode. I didn't particularly enjoy high school and thus had no mixed emotions about the place. I stayed in contact with close after graduation, and that was more than enough for me. The final weeks of my senior year were filled with sentimental drawn-out goodbyes. I was ready for it to be done, and it was done, and I'm gone. Not exactly to serve with love, but there you have it. The movie Ghost World gets it sort of right. You don't 
miss high school, but you feel a little disoriented when it's over. You know, it's um, just side note. Really. Uh, I think at, at first, the first of the episode kind of, I knew Wayne had said this. Um, I knew how we felt about it. And I got that the first time I watched it. I'm like, yeah, I can see because it is a lot about high school. Blah. Second time I watched it, it did feel so much about high school because it felt about everything else. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of with Wayne. Like, I liked high school. I was so ready to go to college. Yeah. So that, like, I wasn't sad to leave. I was ready to leave. I don't know. Okay. Uh, Wayne continues. I suppose others will view this episode as a referendum artistic legacy of Whitney Houston. I've often enjoyed Houston's music. A few of her songs are undeniable. And I did have a crush on her in the 1980s after the How Will I Know video. But frankly, Angelica Houston has had a bigger impact on my life than Whitney. I never purchased a Whitney single or album. I never went out of my way to avoid her music either. Well, except for I Will Always Love You. I Will Always Love You because I much prefer Dolly's original. Side note, Wayne, watch Smash because Angelica Houston's on Smash and you should watch it because I want to know what you think about it. Okay, Wayne continues. So neither the plot nor the featured artists are exactly near and dear to my heart. This is another episode that's not really for me. If I were a Whitney fanatic or I'd been sentimental about my years, this show might have clicked with me. But let's press on with some observations anyway. Look at Glee. Yep. No. You okay, actually Glee. you actually heard me take a breath to say something? Y- yes, I did. That was weird. That's where I stopped. Um, you're, the internet God. is like skipping your every third word. God. So I think I'm just going to read it because it records my side through over the internet. Okay. As long as Wayne doesn't mind. Um, (laughs) Okay. So some random observations anyway. Look at Glee getting all Brian De Palmer on our asses with that 360 degree shot at the beginning, huh? At first, I thought this was all going to be one long take, which would have been great, but no. The acapella arrangement is striking, but it's a little less striking than it could have been since it closely copies that acapella remix of the original Whitney song, which became a viral hit shortly after the singer's death. And by shortly after, I mean it was all over the web the day she died. It would have been nice to say that Glee thought of this themselves, but they didn't. Nice stuff, though, crisply sung and well-staged. Yeah, I mentioned that before, and I, yep. I mentioned it because of Wayne, because I, he posted oh. it in our group. Oh. I want to give him credit where credit is due. <laughs> Um, the princess die pamphlet is freaky as hell. At first I wondered why a fish was trying to eat Emma's head on the cover, but I realized that it was her red hair with a ponytail. (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. Sam's questioning the appropriateness of doing a Whitney tribute. Glee just did a Michael Jackson tribute a few months back. That's way more inappropriate. (laughs) Fair enough. Before Kurt and Blaine's story actually gets started this week, there's an adorable moment between them in the choir room when Blaine puts his hand on Kurt's shoulder to stop him from talking about Whitney's accomplishments. <laughs> I saw really that cute. too. It was cute. One of the strengths of this episode, one which should not be under- underestimated, is that Corey Monheath is given very little say or do. But I'll be damned if he doesn't manage to screw up one of the few lines he's given. I don't get it, Mr. <laughs> Shu. What's really going on with us? Freeze frame and at that moment. And you'll see Rachel beaming at Finn like a mother whose son has just learned to use the potty while Quinn has this expression on her face which says, I can't believe I used to go out with this dipshit. <laughs> I guess where the Kurt Blaine storyline was going long before it got there. I don't know if they telegraphed it too much in that first conversation, but I, was, I wasn't I was surprised by any of the beats of the story. Mm-hmm. Between the sheets. 
you know, <laughs> they're always trying to make Lima, Ohio look like this cultural wasteland. <laughs> but the town certainly isn't shorthanded on cleverly named specialty shops and restaurants. I'm guessing this Chandler guy is another contest winner. He's okay. He's got en- His energy is a little oppressive, at least in this scene. If you love him, forgive me for my lack of immediate enthusiasm. He's, he's actually, not he's a not. contest winner. Yeah. yeah. He looks a little bit like Cameron, though. He does look like Cameron, but Cameron would have never came on and played a gay character. Oh, God, no, because he's Christian. Because he's Christian. Right. <laughs> Wayne continues, and of course, when you want to evoke the singing of Whitney Houston, you call in Heather Morris. <laughs> okay, you know I'm a major Brit booster, so I dug the hell out of this. WMHS cheerleaders wear awfully short skirts. Right? At my school, the cheerleaders wore track suits. Oh, really? you can see why I was not hesitant to leave that place in the past. <laughs> yeah, that would have sucked if you were a teenage boy. Seriously. Whoa, Santana cleavage cam. Thank you, Fox Network. No, seriously, Santana is adorable and Whitney drag. Is there <laughs> any wonder that this young lady won my recent March Madness bracket tournament for Glee characters? Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. So I guess it's White Dread's turn to be Quinn's boyfriend du jour. <laughs> Kevin McHale has got to be like, really, this guy? I could have sworn it was my turn. <laughs> because he's the only one, him and Mike Chang. Yeah. Overall, this story didn't bother me as much as I thought it would. Diana of Aragon remains a fine actress. I'd like to see her follow in the footsteps of Michelle Williams after her days on Glee are over. And even the dreadnought himself isn't too bad. Having having him get a chubby during Quinn's physical therapy was an icky but humanizing detail. (laughs) A funnier, less sappy show would have gotten some comedic mileage from that awkwardness of the moment. Meanwhile, the Will Emma story just made Will seem like a jerk to me. He's mm-hmm. angry and pushy for a lot of this, which is not too terribly endearing. I'm not even sure I quite understood the emotional arc of this. Will wants to push up the wedding because he doesn't want to accept the fact that a handful of students are graduating. Surely, whatever. But all this means, but all of this means screen times for Jama May, so I'll allow it. You schedule makeout sessions, line of the episode, and it goes to Rachel. That's a rarity. That was a really, really funny scene, too, it I was. thought. It was. It was just It felt snappy. like season one, Rachel and Chris. Yeah. And I think I think a lot of the credit does go to the director, because you could tell, like, he there's a chemistry in the dialogue that was saying, and I think part of that is in how you stage those scenes and cut them and everything else. Yep. Um, I think if Glee were a radio show, I would hate White Dreads much less. His duet with Quinn is not bad at all, but everything about this guy's appearance pisses <laughs> me. His guitar strap pisses me off. <laughs> so Darren Chris is going to be on the Cleveland show. We're all going to watch, right? I said, right? I might actually tune in. Have I mentioned that David Lynch is a regular <laughs> on that show? He is. Oh, but it's by the family guy, dude. Yeah. I, I don't have a problem with Seth MacFarlane, but I don't watch Cleveland Show, and mm-hmm. I don't watch. I will only watch Family Guy, and that's just if it's on. Yeah, I don't seek it out. Wayne continues, more sassy Santana awesomeness on so emotional. I kind of wish this hadn't been a duet with Rachel. I like Rachel better when she's doing Broadway stuff. When she mm. sings pop, it's like when the chaperone starts dancing with the kids. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great analogy too. Our listeners are on. This They're week. so smart. They're smart oh, God. this week. I know. The scene in the girls' restroom still feels really scripted and stagey. I kind of yeah. wish the bathroom scenes on the show had an edgy, take-no-prisoners feel. Like, this is one locale on the show where the characters really let loose and drop all pretenses. But no. I want to, I wanted to love the Mr. Lavender, excuse me, Lavender. Lavender stuff more than I did. That's what I'll say about this. Cute, but not a home run, and Will's still a jerk. 
Contrary to popular, popular belief, I am not anti-Sam. I'm just against some of the stuff that Sa they've had Sam do. He can be an amusing, enjoyable character. And his locker room sex chat with hippie McComb school has a little of the candor and humor I was missing from the corresponding scene with Quinn and the girls in the bathroom. To be fair, one thing about the girls in the bathroom, though, is I know when I was in high school, like, oh. there were still girls who would run the water when they peed because they were embarrassed somebody was going to hear them pee. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a there's still like weird sensitivity artists about that age girl, but yeah. Yeah. Um, the big Blaine Kurt bust up scene feels so lifetime original movie <gasps> to me. I don't oh. agree. No. To be honest, I had forgotten there was ever there was ever a Santana Rachel rivalry. I didn't need closure on this. But as a congress Bert as a congressman looks like a character in a British gangster movie. I'm always down for Chris Culver, Michael Malley heart to heart chat, and this scene is no exception. We haven't had enough of those recently, mm -hmm. and I tend to dig when Kurt does a ballad. So these two good these so these were two good scenes for me back to back. Even in an episode in which she has nothing to do, Sugar still wears great socks. I didn't Sugar see was oh my god, I didn't either. Um good eye, Wayne. Puck stole all his presents, but he still bothered putting them in little gift bags. <laughs> See, that's what makes him a great character. All that time we've been spending with Rachel and Finn, we could have been yep. spending that time following Puck around on his adventures. That's what ticks me off about Glee sometimes. You're not alone. You know what? I'm not 100% invested in this Kurt Blaine Chandler thing because, to me, it's so obvious and predictable. But if it brings Chris Colford, Darren Chris, and Jamie Mays together for a well-written, well-acted scene, it can't be all bad. Mm -hmm. It's like the scene in Sue's office last week with Brittany and Santana. Sometimes when Glee attempts a pop culture reference, it goes horribly awry. Case in point, I'm not sure how this afternoon champagne thing is reminiscent in any way of Hunter S. Thompson, <laughs> a man whose alcohol and drug consumption makes Whitney Houston look like a rank amateur in comparison. But maybe that line is more a reflection of Emma's character. She's so square that she thinks any indulgence, no matter how mild, is decadent and depraved. She's aware that champagne is a staple at brunches, right? Don't, don't marry this guy, Emma. You could do better. In fact, you already have. <laughs> I wonder what Dr. Carl is up to these days. If you have any cavities to fill, Emma, he's the guy to do it. See? I'll say this for Glee. They know how to win me back at the end. In this case, it means giving Artie a prominent part in the musical number. Groovy Gravy might have hijacked Quinn's storyline, but Artie can still get down with his bad self, plus Mercedes, in a big closing number. Oh, hey, it's the cast from season one posing with a trophy they stole from Sue's display case. <laughs> How youngish they all looked. I wonder if Matt Rutherford gets residuals for this episode. Oh, Matt Rutherford. I know. I was like, Matt oh, Rutherford. Yes. Um, to which everybody sitting around me went, who? <laughs> Don't you remember? Yeah, exactly. That's why he didn't stay. Um, Wayne continues. Tina looks so different. Those were her goth years. That's and right. And Mercedes was opting for a slightly more tomboyish look back then. Kurt was going for the hipster Hitler thing. While Quinn <laughs> looked like a cross between Jan and Marsha Brady. Best of times indeed. And the song is nice too. Not nearly so sappy and preachy as I was fearing for the episode. Way to re show restraint, Glee. I'm still laughing about the hipster Hitler. Yeah. But it makes sense. <laughs> uh, I was this close to saying Glee was going out on a high note this week. Excuse me. But then they had to pull the terrible looking graduation album. But, oh, but then they had to plug the terrible looking graduation album. The cover of which looks badly photoshopped. Oh, Finn, you're such an irrepressible... Ir irresponsible scamp throwing your cap in the air like that how very saucy of you excuse me while i go projectile vomit 
Next week's show looks like one of the more lighthearted and fun ones, but who knows with Glee? Damn, Whoopi's voice has gotten deep over the years. She makes <laughs> make Barry White sound like a castorado. Castrato. What the hell is Sue eating? A pumpkin? I the, Our end credits got cut off. I didn't get oh, Sue. see, I think it looks like nerve-wracking because it's Rachel and Kurt's Niano audition. Yeah, totally And does. I'm really nervous to watch that. I get nervous at things like that. Like, I do too. Like figure skating competitions, when I actually like the people, I just get really, really like tense about if they're going to fall. Um, so that was Dance with Somebody. Not my favorite of the year, but not my least either. Nothing really bothered me, but by the same token, nothing really got me excited. I'm going to say this one was a tie. And I, I will always send feedback. <laughs> Wayne Kaki. D2Rights.blogspot.com Yep. So we had like... What? There was a balance, yeah. yeah like, well, Wayne actually were kind of on the con side, if you will. But our other three more or less liked it. Yeah. And I think both, I, well, I think Wayne had interesting reasons, which I think in part it was just, as he said, this, the sort of um, main themes of the episode weren't going to appeal to him. Um, to, and I think for Ashley, it might have been the same thing in a different way, where I think Ashley might be a bigger Whitney Houston fan where this episode would piss her off. Um, but that being said, I just thought that like the character stuff for me was so good that that overrode any of the me not being a Houston fan or something else like that. But you know, no mark for everybody. It's why we live in America. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, we'll, yeah. we'll be back next week. Mm-hmm. Um, you can write us at gleecast at gmail.com. You can follow us at Twitter at Eric is Nitz or Deadly Dolls. Find us on Facebook and join our Facebook group and chat mm-hmm. with us there because there's lots of good stuff going on over there. I'm surprised I, our group is as active as it is. I'm really proud of all our yeah, listeners. Yeah, it makes me happy. It makes me it's very awesome. happy. Speaking of, there was some breaking news that um, was posted on there regarding uh, a famous celebrity who's guesting on the finale of Glee and her bad behavior. Isn't it? Isn't it Lindsay? Yeah, it's Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, but who we apparently like showed up three hours late to work. Oh. And, like, was just a bitch on set. And Dot Marie Jones, like, sweet, sweet, wonderful Dot Marie Jones tweeted something that was like, hard day. Oh, it's going to be a long day here because some people can't show up on time. <laughs> yeah. Dot Marie Jones tweets slap Lindsay fucking Lohan. But we uh, knew she was going to be on it. She's an embarrassment to Long Island. She is. Um, all right. So that's it. All right. We'll be back next week. And we'll talk to you then. Bye. Cool.